Welcome to episode 183 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about the Festival of Lights. Let's dive in. Well, today is Thursday, December 10th, and I purposely waited an extra day to record this podcast because this evening starts the celebration of the Jewish holiday Hanukkah, or also known as the Feast of Dedication, or also known as the Festival of Lights. Now, I'm not Jewish, but I love this idea of Hanukkah. I've recently been just kind of looking into and studying the holiday, and it's interesting to me that you know, some people will say that, well, you know, Hanukkah is the Jewish version of Christmas, but that actually is not the case. If you go back in history, 200 years before Jesus, there was this pressure coming from the ancient pagan world. So you got the, you know, the Greeks and the Syrians and the Romans and well, about 200 years before Jesus, these pagan armies came into Jer- Jerusalem, sacked the city, came into the temple, kind of destroyed some things. And almost as an act of defiance and blasphemy, they put a pig upon the altar. Now, if you understand the Old Testament, you know, the pigs are definitely not a kosher animal. All that to be said, the temple was profaned and there was such a great disturbance within the lives of some of these people that there became this revolt known as the Maccabean Revolt. And through the course of several battles, what ended up happening is they pushed the pagan armies out, they restored and cleansed the temple, and as they were setting the things back up in the temple, they wanted to light the menorahs that sit in the holy place in the temple. But all they could find was one jar of oil, which would last them about 24 hours. Well, the problem was, is for them to make new, pure, holy, consecrated oil, it would take about eight days to do so. But they said, well, we have about one day's worth. Let's just at least light the menorahs. And so they they light the light inside the temple. And wonder of wonders, the oil actually lasted for eight days. So they made this declaration saying, hey, why don't we celebrate what was known as Hanukkah or this thing of dedication? Or really, it is a season to remember the grand provision or miracles that God did to keep the light burning. Well, obviously there's far more depth to the whole season than that, but that's just kind of a quick overview of this idea of Hanukkah. Well, as you come into the New Testament, it's really interesting to me that Jesus was actually at the temple during the time of Hanukkah or the Feast of Dedication. And actually, you can see this in John chapter 10, verse 22. It says, The Feast of Dedication, which is also known as the Festival of Lights or Hanukkah, was at Jerusalem, and it was wintertime. Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch, and all the Jews surrounded him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus goes into this little discourse. Isn't it interesting that Jesus went down to Jerusalem at the same time that he would go down there for like the, the main festivals, like you know the tabernacles or Passover, and yet he's down here celebrating Hanukkah. Now, the whole reason I bring that up is just because of the season we are in. Whether you celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas, the reality is is we are actually celebrating the life of Jesus Christ. Some scholars suggest that Jesus likely was born during the Festival of Lights, meaning Hanukkah. That 
if that's so, it actually is a fascinating thought because here is Jesus who is the light. He's the promised light coming into the world during the festival of lights. Isaiah in Isaiah 9.2 said, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And then it's interesting in Isaiah 42, Isaiah again writes, Behold my servant. And again, he's talking about this coming Messiah, the, the, the Christ that is to come, Jesus. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit, says the Lord, upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and will keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison who sit in darkness. Isn't it neat that Jesus is the light for the nations. It's not even just for the Jewish people. He is the light for the nations. And that he is to open the eyes of the blind and bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison from those who sit in darkness. So here is Jesus. He comes into the world, likely during the celebration of light. And he is our light. Back in John chapter 8, we are told that it's during the Feast of Tabernacles, so another one of these big Jewish celebrations. And, and Jesus is, again, down in Jerusalem. And on one of the days of the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, one of the things they would do is they'd be lighting all of these menorahs and torches and literally light up Jerusalem. And in the middle of this whole celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, it's interesting. I think Jesus is pulling off of this whole celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. So as all these lights throughout Jerusalem are being lit, specifically in the temple with the menorahs, but as these lights are being lit and there's this massive celebration of, again, this light, this coming, this illumination, Jesus says, do you know who I am? I am the light itself. It's not that he has some light and he kind of shines like a, shines like a flashlight, but that he is the light itself. In fact, if you go to the book of Revelation, I love the picture that Revelation gives us and the fact that Jesus himself is the light. So, so think about this. In Revelation 22, verse 5, it says, night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Jesus is going to be our light forever, and there is no need for a lamp or a flashlight or even a sun, because he, our God, is our light. And so this light has come into the world, likely during the Festival of Lights, and then he stands up in the midst of this lighting of the menorahs and he says, look, just as these menorahs are being lit, he's looking at the fact that all of Jerusalem is being lit up by this light. And he says, do you know who I am? I am light. I am the light of the world. And that really does make sense because, again, this is a major theme in the book of John. But in John chapter 1, as John is 
recounting the fact that here is here's the word and the word was in the beginning and the word was God and the word was with him. It's interesting that in verse five, John records, he says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. So think about this. Darkness cannot overcome light. In fact, darkness really is nothing. It's just the absence of light. But you get this idea that Jesus, who is the light, who's likely born, right? He's incarnated. He comes in the flesh during the festival of lights. So here's the light in the celebration of lights coming as light in the midst of a dark, darkened world or a darkened culture. And then John goes in verse nine and he says that he is the true light, which enlightens everyone. He was coming into the world. So again, there's this idea that Jesus, who is the light, is coming in the midst of darkness. Now, I I love what John chapter three, verse 19 says. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he's going through this great discourse. And of course, he gives John 3, 16. And then a few verses after that whole thing, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus says in verse 19, he says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world and men have loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So Jesus says, look, light has come into the world. He's speaking of himself. And yet humanity literally turned from the light and embraced darkness even more. Why? Well, because their deeds were evil, but also because light becomes offensive to those who are living in darkness. So if, I don't know if you've ever had this, but you're out in the middle of the night or you're camping and of course your eyes have adjusted to the darkness and you're, you're doing okay. And suddenly someone walks up behind you and says your name and you turn around and they shine a big flashlight right in your eyeballs. I mean, it actually is offensive. It is, it hurts. Like light actually penetrates and it is actually painful. And Jesus says, look, light has come into the world, but the world is actually, they're going to reject the light because their deeds are evil. They, they want, they want to just live in their darkness. In fact, it says that they loved their darkness rather than light. And interestingly, that word for loved darkness is that word in the Greek agape or agape, which, which we often translate as like God's love, which for the most part, that is true. It's how, it's how we understand it. But there are a few occasions like this one where it becomes really awkward because it doesn't mean God's love. But the idea of agape is really this, it's an aggressive, unrelenting, unconditional kind of a love of, I don't care what happens. I don't care the consequences. I, I don't, hey, I'm still going to love. And I love the fact that that's how God loves us, that we can beat him. We can put him on a cross and yet he's still going to love us. We can't earn his love. We can't get rid of his love. He unconditionally loves us. But listen to what Jesus is saying. In that same manner, we as humans have loved our darkness. That we have unconditionally, we don't care about the consequences. Hey, we don't care where it leads us. We just want to be enveloped in the darkness. Why? Our, our deeds are evil. We are evil people. We are full of sin. And when light comes into the midst of darkness and sin, it becomes offensive. Now, you may be asking, all right, what on earth does this have to do with anything? (laughs) Well, this has just been a meditation I've had over the last couple of days. I was speaking to some good friends of mine, 
and they're talking about Hanukkah coming up. And I was like, oh yeah, that's so interesting. The whole festival of lights thing. And, and I didn't know much about it. So I was doing some more research and just kind of looking into this, this whole festival, this celebration. And, and, and while I was talking to my friends, it was just interesting. They're like, we celebrate Hanukkah because we want to celebrate Jesus who is the light. He is the provision. He is the ultimate expression and the fulfillment of all God was doing. And they said for us, Jesus is just a great picture of the fulfillment of even this festival, this festival of lights, this feast of dedication, Hanukkah. And as I was beginning to ponder this idea that what does it really mean for Jesus to be the light? I was just pondering our culture and the state of the church today and looking at the at the world and just what's going on. And I was like, wow, we are so lost in darkness. And even over these last six to nine months, and I, I know we've been slipping down the slope quite quickly, but it seems like things have ramped up dramatically over the, these last several months that darkness is encroaching and lies are abounding and lawlessness and fear are spreading like wildfire. And it's just been a a fresh reminder to me that regardless of how much darkness encroaches, regardless of how bad things may seem to get, regardless of how much lies and deception and fear is propagated in our culture, Jesus is still the light of the world. And I need to remember that if that light lives inside of me, that his light of life indwells me via the spirit of God, that I'm this miniature version of light in our in our world, which means I will be hated. I will be persecuted as Jesus promised. Why? Because as humanity, those who live in darkness love their darkness because their deeds are evil. And as such, I should not be surprised if things get harder. I should not be surprised if, if we move into persecution. I, I should not be surprised if, if darkness seems to get even darker But the beauty of things getting darker is that light seems to shine brighter when things seem to get darker. So if I can encourage you, regardless of whether you want to celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or both or neither, would this season be truly a picture of Jesus Christ? Could we celebrate Jesus in this season? He is the light of the world, which has come into the world as a babe. And though we should celebrate the life of Jesus every single day of every year, well, let us not forget that in this season especially, that Jesus should be our focus, that he is to be preeminent, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and he is the light of the world. And maybe just as an illustration, maybe find a way this evening during the start of Hanukkah, to just light a candle. Turn off all the lights and just for a symbolic sake, light a candle and remind yourself or let the Spirit of God bring to mind the fact that though things may look dark all around you, there is a light that is shining. And what is amazing to me is darkness cannot overcome the light. Oh, what an amazing truth. So let us, as believers, walk in the light. Let us rise up and live with no ounce of darkness 
within us. Let us come before the cross of Christ and say, Lord, search and try my heart and my mind. See if there's any wicked way within me. And would you remove every ounce of shadow? Because as culture continues to get darker, Lord, I cannot allow that to be a part of my life. I cannot allow the darkness of culture to invade my soul. And I am so excited that regardless of whatever culture wants to do, we as Christians get to celebrate the whole reason for this season. Jesus Christ, he is so good. Let us just bask in the reality and the wonder and the beauty and the richness of who he is. He is the light of the world. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all of those verses I read, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 183 for episode 183. And until next time, know I am cheering you as you build your life around the light itself, Jesus Christ.